that was very helpful. And in fact, I feel like I'm definitely in a better place now after having this conversation with you because you're right. That's what I think makes your work different and better than others. I definitely don't think I'd be engaged to him or in the relationship I'm in if I hadn't listened to you at all. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. My guest today is 51-year-old Soraya, who is worried that her relationship with 44-year-old Fred is going too fast. Soraya says Fred spends the night almost every night except when she has her grandchildren and fears that he will pull away if she doesn't pull back first. Soraya also wants to know when is the right time to introduce Fred to the important people in her life and generally what she needs to be doing at this point to ensure that her relationship will last. Welcome, Soraya. Hi, Paula. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Well, thank you for being a guest. Tell me how long you have been seeing Fred. So we've been seeing each other for a little over three three months. How did you meet? We met on Bumble. And apparently, from what he tells me, is that he... When apparently when men pay, they can like you first, and I guess that caused an algorithm to for that person to pop up in my queue more. So I liked him back, and that's when we started communicating. And when he messaged me first, he did say that it took a while for me to respond, which I was surprised about. Okay, I'm glad to hear that Bumble has gotten the right deal, <laughs> that men need to be the ones to reach out first. So I'm glad that he reached out first and it is a good thing to hear that he was a little miffed or tiffed or whatever you want to say about you not getting back to him very quickly. That's fine. You say it's been three months and he's spending the night every night that you don't have your grandchildren. How much is that exactly? I would say, so I have my grandchildren every other weekend and I have them from Friday to Sunday sometimes Monday when there's a holiday so it's pretty often since we began having sex yes how soon into the relationship did you start having sex so when he asked me to get serious I asked him to take an STD test before we would have sex which he did and I did the same for him So I would say that was about a month and a half into our relationship that we began having sex. So with your grandchildren, they're only every other weekend. This means that you are spending five nights a week together or sometimes seven? Yes, sometimes seven when I don't have them. How is it that he can do that with his life? Like, how does that even work? So he doesn't have any responsibilities other than himself. He's new to the area. He just moved here from Texas. He's been here since September. Um, he was previously married for 18 years and divorced for five. 
Um, he has no responsibilities. He doesn't have any children from his previous marriage. And now, since he's been in Washington State, he doesn't have any family here. So all he does is work. I see. You were thinking that things are moving too fast. What makes you think that or feel it? I think what's making me feel it is that I feel that he's gotten too comfortable too fast. And we've already gotten into a routine that I'm not comfortable with. I, I don't want him to get too lazy in this relationship too quick because I've had that happen to me in the past. I'd like him to work a little harder for this relationship to make sure that I feel like this is what he really wants. And how have you set it up so that that doesn't occur? I don't think I have. I think I've just been going with what he wants. And at times he'll ask me if I want to eat out or cook. And I'll, be, I'll say, well, let's eat out. He's open to when I want to go and do something, he's open to that. So, like, let's say I want to go out to movies instead of staying home and cooking or staying home and watching television or I want to go out for a walk. He's open to all those suggestions. He's never said no to those things. But him showing initiative as far as planning and making dates hasn't happened anymore within the last two or three weeks. So for the first month, month and a half following the start of sex, he was planning dates? Yes, he was. How did it come about that he started spending every night? Well, I, I, so when we have sex, I wouldn't like him to leave after sex. I felt it was disrespectful. So he would stay the night. Um, and then it just started happening more often. I live closer to where he works, and it just happened more often. And along the way, have you, except for when the grandchildren are there, have you said anything like, you know, I think I just want to do girl stuff tonight and take some alone time. Have you done that? At first I did because I had like some Mondays I had ballet dancing classes and I would tell them I was too tired or a class was ending too late and it was an easy, convenient way to have an excuse for him not to come over. But now that those classes have ended, I find it difficult to to tell him, no, I want some alone time or I'm going to go do something else. I feel guilty saying that because he's such a good man. Okay. So right away, I can give you a tip about this because you see, your female knowing and instinct is serving you well. You know that you do need to guide this and you need to be both the gas and the brake. And what I'm hearing is that you've been steady on the gas pedal and not so good with the brake. Correct. So true. And that's okay because you know now you need to be. So you're ahead of the game. Oh, good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm going to explain first the reason why I believe that is happening and then what you do about it. And we'll do that in a moment. I trust you're enjoying Make Him Wonder and that you're getting a lot of helpful information for the life of love you desire and deserve. So if you're not part of the 80-20 Wonder Club yet, you need to be because now Make Him Wonder is exclusive. 
a members-only club to listen to every episode, past, present, and future, in full, all ad-free. The 80-20 Wonder Club is a Make Him Wonder membership that gives you all of seasons one, two, and three in a categorized list by age and relationship status, and a multimedia library of my content, including my book, relationship evals, and my Making Magic with Men Mindset Manual, a weekly action step you can focus on to attract and keep the man of your dreams and have him committing to you completely in the coming months. Make this the moment you start living as an 80-20 Wonder Woman, because love, like life, is best lived in 80-20. When you do 80% of what works with men, the 20% you don't won't much matter. Join the 80-20 Wonder Club by going to the 8020wonder.club. Don't miss out. Go now to the 8020wonder.club. You and your man will be glad you did. So, Soraya, we took a break. So I assume, Soraya, that you are curious about the why of you knowing what you know, but continuing to do something that likely won't serve you as well as if you do what you know. Yes, and without feeling anxious when I do have to pull away. Yes, that's key. And you just, by saying that, hit on the why you are doing what you're doing. And it is from the anxiety. The anxiety comes from a much deeper place that has nothing to do with Fred, believe it or not. Okay. What it has to do with is your earliest love programming, which is for all of us programmed from the time we're born until about age seven from our primary caregivers. And I'm going to guess that there's something in there whereby you felt in order to get love, your needs met, affection, attention, all of it in your baby life, you had to be a certain way and felt you had to please your parents in order to get it, or your primary caregivers. Does that resonate with you? If I didn't stand out, I wouldn't get attention, whether it's good or bad. You had to stand out somehow. In what way did you interpret it, or in what way did you actually attempt to stand out? So when I was younger, I attempted to stand out by misbehaving because when I behaved, I didn't get attention. But if I misbehaved, I got attention. It was negative attention, but I got it. As I got older, it transitioned some because I knew, I realized that that wasn't good for me and my well-being. So I became better at pleasing and finding people, people tended to pay more attention when I was giving and pleasing towards them. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to give you a different spin in a way on this in that you might remember from about seven to 10 misbehaving to get attention. So before that is when you're programmed with your love programming. And by the time you remember misbehaving to get attention, you were the baby who attempted to be the good girl to get attention, the good baby to get attention, and you didn't get it. 
That's correct, because I do recall my mom and my aunt saying that I was always such a good baby. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So that's actually programmed in you. And here's what you may want to think about. Babies actually, just by virtue of being babies, and things like emitting the smell that they do. You know the baby smell? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's biologically in us. And anthropologists know, scientists know, that we actually emit that smell to help ensure our survival because it helps caregivers to be pleased with a baby and want to take care of them. Interesting. Okay. And we do it also in, I think, myriad other ways. That's just a biological way that we attempt to do it. But when you were a cute as hell little baby, because you were good, you got attention. It was later that you, because you were very good, and now you're five, six, and you're exerting some independence, you started not to get it. Do you also have younger siblings? I do. One is eight years and one is 35 years younger than me. Oh my goodness. So by the time you were eight, that new baby started getting the attention. And the only way you got it was by misbehaving. True. Good point. Yeah. But here's what is programmed in you. You see, by the time you're eight, it's not the same programming anymore. It can be a continuation of the programming, but it was just out of your intellect and your consciousness whereby you learned, if I misbehave, I get attention. But the programming happened much earlier when you were a baby that to be good and pleasing gets you attention. And this is what you are acting out with Fred and why you're feeling anxious if you don't do what he wants you to do. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes good sense. So that's the why. And we're going to get to what you need to do to change it because intellectually you know you should or it would be best if you do and you will have the best chance of taking this relationship to complete commitment. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what you need to be doing and I'm going to give it to you in two ways. The first is what you need to be doing for you to change your programming and the second is what you do with him. So let's look at the first. Because you see, if you just change the second and what you're doing with him, you're going to still feel anxious. And then it makes it harder to actually do what you need to do. Yes, you're right. I do. I feel anxious. And when I feel anxious, it's not a good feeling. It's awful, right. And then it just makes it much harder to do. And you don't want to live your life doing something that you know is the right thing to do, but feeling awful while doing it. Correct. I don't. So there are only a few ways to change that programming. Some people attempt to do it with counseling. I'm not hearing that you need that. In other words, there is no human being that gets around programming. None. 
all of us are actually programmed. And all of us are programmed from our baby mind and experience, not from a reality. This is the rub. Babies have absolutely no outer consciousness, awareness, experiential knowledge, or rational analytical ability. Okay. That doesn't really come into play until about age seven. And that's why they call age seven the age of reason. That's because that's when it starts. Okay. Mind you, it's not fully formed, but it starts. So you need to be getting into your subconscious mind because that's where programming lives, not in our intellectual mind. It's why even though we can do something that we know is right and still feel anxious, upset, emotional, triggered, any word you want to give it along that vein. Hypnosis is a way to address it. Uh, Hypnotherapy. That's hard to find, and most hypnotherapists only do it about things that are easily done in a certain number of sessions, like smoking cessation, weight loss, mm, that kind of thing. So that is also very hard to find. And most of us would not get with a hypnotherapist and continue to do the work of it. In other words, it's like any other endeavor we take for self-improvement. For example, if you need to lose a significant amount of weight, you do something about it very specifically, very intentionally for a set amount of time until you lose the weight and then you continue to maintain it. It's the same with our subconscious. We have to really get in there and do the work of it very intentionally and very focused in the beginning, and then we just maintain it. The best way, I think, that's at least somewhat enjoyable and the easiest is through sleep meditations. Because when we are falling asleep, we're in a certain brainwave, and then when we are asleep, we go to another, you know, there's beta, theta, all the different states. We go to that other state, I believe it's theta. Our subconscious is most open when we're falling asleep. And then the next one where it's most is when we are asleep. So that's first and foremost. And then filling our mental diet with statements that support and continue to foster the feelings we wish to have. Thoughts can become feelings. Feelings over time connect mostly to our subconscious in a way. So you would need to understand what we just talked about, what you do, the people-pleasing part of that, and the the implied messages that were given to you as a baby. And then you want to, in your mental diet during the day, you need to be affirming the opposite. I am loved simply 
for being a human in this world, something like that. I am lovable. Hmm. Okay. My true desires or my truth is accepted and honored by those I love. Boundaries make for good relationships. My man, or Fred, loves that I am truthful. Fred honors my real feelings. I express my feelings and thoughts in a way that is honored. I'm just coming up with them now, but these thoughts need to be in place of the ones that you have and even in a sense that you're not aware of. Like, for example, I want to pull back and not see Fred tonight, but I don't want to upset him. Oh, I'll just do it. It's, it's no big deal. It isn't going to make a difference. Okay, we'll see each other tonight. The grandkids are coming next weekend. We'll get our time off then. I know he wants to come. I know he wants to watch this TV show tonight. I better not do it tonight. I'll just put it aside. Those types of thoughts and feelings. Is that about right? Yeah, that's about right. That's right on spot. So you need to be doing all of this work. And those of you who know me, you know, I give people on YouTube that I think are very helpful in terms of this and doing your subconscious programming. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Jen. I wanted to catch up with you quickly before the weekend and see how things are going with you and Brad. Funny you should call right now. I'm waiting on Brad at the airport. He asked me to go to the Caribbean for a long romantic weekend. Oh, my gosh. I bet he's going to pop the question. I think so. He said he wanted it to be special and asked me to pack my favorite dressy dress. He should be here any minute now. I'm so excited. Well, I won't keep you. I was just thinking of you after logging into my 8020 Wonder Club membership and hearing another episode about an older woman, younger man relationship. Did you hear the latest one in the categorized list? Yes. I'm so happy I joined. Listening to that particular category has made me believe in the possibility of being Brad's choice, despite our age difference. Absolutely. I'm loving the weekly focus of the Mindset Manual. Even after all these years of being with Mark, there is always something I can do a little better, and the weekly video prompts me to focus in on what's in my control. I really admire that you continue to work on your relationship. It's why you've gone the distance all these years. I can only hope to be as great of a wife to Brad as you are to Mark. I know you will because you are doing what works now. Thanks. I owe a lot to you for turning me on to Coach Paula and sending me to the 8020wonder.club. Ah, yes, I know. I wasn't distant and didn't let you off the hook. I'm just glad you took my sage advice and that of Coach Paula's. You'll be seeing this weekend how much it's paying off. I totally believe that and that my manifestation is coming true. Thanks again. You got it. Have a great trip and I can't wait to hear all about it when you get back. So now we get down to the nitty-gritty of what you're going to actually do and say to him and the little tweaks that you can make to play into your knowledge that you must temper this in order for it to go the distance and allow him to do some more wondering. Yes, we need him to wonder. Right, and it's great that you know that. So I'm going to 
give you just a few things that I think will be very helpful because otherwise everything's going really well. Is that true? Are you happy? I'm happy with him. He's a really good man. I love the fact that he doesn't have any other responsibilities, little ones on his side to take to worry about or take care of. Yeah, he's a, I'm, I want this to work. He's a really good guy. And we have a lot in common. Great. I just have one question. Have you talked to him about him having children? Yes, I have. So him and his wife had tried to have children. She couldn't conceive them. Um, and he says he's at the age where he doesn't want to have kids because he wants to be able to retire in seven years. So he doesn't want children. And you believe him? I believe him in a way. Something tells me sometimes that he might want children. He might be on the fence about it because I still, I have not gone through menopause. Um, and when I do get my periods, he'll say things like, oh, you can still get pregnant. And I reassured him just in case. I reassured him that no, I was on birth control and I did not plan on getting pregnant and I'm not going to get pregnant. He hasn't mentioned that anymore, but you just never know. He is 44. And him asking you that doesn't necessarily mean he would want children. It may mean he was scared, you know, that you're having sex and you might get pregnant. It could have meant that. Yes, it could have. And that's why I reassured him that I was on birth control and I wouldn't get pregnant. And, and I reiterated the fact that I don't want children at my age. Okay, so it sounds like I said, everything is going so well. And ultimately, would you like to marry him? Yes, I would. Has he mentioned anything? At first, when we did talk about marriage, he said that he wasn't quite sure if he wanted to get married again, and he hadn't really considered it, and he thought he was going to live his life alone. But now that we're together, he does mention it here and there. He'll, for example, we went to the mall the other day and spent the day there, and he had asked me previous to that what my ring size was. And I told him I didn't know. So we were passing by a jewelry store and he told me to go find out what my ring size was. So we did. So I think it's on his mind. He had mentioned previously that he wanted to give me a promise ring. And I told him at my age I wasn't about promise rings. I don't know if that was a mistake or not on my part. But I told him that either I was going to be engaged or I wasn't. And a promise ring didn't really mean anything to me. So that could have been a mistake on my part. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I think if you said it nicely, um, you gave him the impression, I assume, that you would want an engagement ring. He has mentioned that about he's played with, oh, I should just move in. I'm here so often. And I have let him know that I don't agree with living with each other unless I have an engagement ring and that there's a date set because we're not at the age where we can play around or waste each other's time. Great. Great. So you've set it up very well. And now it's actually the doing that will inspire him a little bit more to make it happen. Yes. And that's very much because of you, Paul, because I've been listening to all your podcasts and reading your books. So yes, you've helped me set up very well. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. So, so happy. So let's get to it and talk about the tweaks and little things you can do to help him go and get that ring now that he knows your size. These little things that I'm about to tell you 
when instituted here and there, they're subtle, they're small, but carry a lot of weight and will impact things in your favor. I'm going to ask you, tell me about your texting. He texts me often. Um, he's been consistent with his texting ever since the last few months, three and a half months. Um, he texts me good morning. He texts me during the day. He rarely talks on the phone. The only time we talk on the phone is when we don't see each other that day. Nice. Does he text first or do you? He texts first unless I know there's something that's happening that day and I want to wish him well, but it's rare. Okay. It's good that it's rare. You're absolutely on the right track. You want to keep it rare. Why I call it the 80-20 Wonder Club. You want 80% of the time he is doing the work. Yes, I, I do. I'm a, I subscribe to the 80-20 Club and I do remember you saying, Don't keep your text inconsistent. <laughs> Right, so he never knows what he's going to get when you answer him back, but he is the one to reach out first. And if you institute no questions in text, you will also help yourself. Okay, that's sometimes hard to do, but yes, okay. It is hard to do, but you can always turn whatever you're going to ask him into a statement. So, for example, he has something at work that's special, you know, a particular meeting or a sale or I don't know and you want to ask him how did it go because you want to show you're supportive you're thinking of him whatever better to simply make it a statement thinking of you in the meeting today fingers crossed I know you'll do great something like that can't wait to hear about it later something like that you see those are statements he doesn't have to answer. It's not, how did it go? Can even be, can't wait to hear about it. Give me a call tonight. Something like that. And tell me all about it. You see? Stuff like that. But again, that's going to be rare. It's going to be when it was something very special. Okay? Otherwise, you can trust that he will be in touch with you. And you just do the answering like we talk about with my five hours of texting there's a video on YouTube to watch about that. And simply varying up your times of responding so he doesn't know what he's going to get and it doesn't fall into a rut. So here we go about the little bit of a rut of him coming every night. Here's what you're feeling. He likes it. So your paradigm of pleasing says, well, why would I rock the boat? Why would I not give him something that pleases him? That doesn't make a lot of sense. And then the other side of you, the intellectual side, knows, well, if I continue to do that and he gets everything, why would he really go forward with full commitment and it's going to get old and tiresome and all of that, right? Yes, correct. Yep, exactly. So you go with what you know, and that is now working on your subconscious so that you don't feel anxious about doing things like, "Hun, I really need to get some rest tonight and some alone time. Have fun watching, you know, whatever show he watches. And let's be in touch tomorrow. It's that simple. Would that make him wonder? Yes, it would make him wonder in a big way because... That's not what he's used to. Yes. What would he do if he got a text like that? 
I think he'd want to call. He'd want to talk that night. It wouldn't just be a text. He'd want to talk that night. Ah, okay. He would call you. Yes. Okay. You be him on the phone, okay? And I'm going to be you. So he calls and says what? Hey, babe. How are you doing? Is your night going well? Good. How's your night? It's going good. Just sitting here, bored, doing nothing, playing video games. Oh, well, I so appreciate that you're giving me a, a night to be alone and do girly stuff. I don't see why that you'd have to do girly stuff and I can just be there. I could watch you do your nails. <laughs> I know, but you know, it's um, it just feels, just feels better to, you know, make myself all pretty and put on my face mask and. Not have you see that. Huh. Okay, well, I guess. I don't understand it, but okay. That's the difference between male and female, birds and bees. So have fun watching, and then you say the show. And let's touch base tomorrow. Very good. And that would be it. The other thing you could do, which I think takes it even to another level, is... Wondering what I'm going to tell Soraya she needs to say to Fred that will help him feel what he needs to feel to make a firm commitment to go get that ring and propose. In the rest of this episode, Soraya and I discuss exactly what she can say and do for Fred to decide to make her his one once and for all. And because I want you to get the results you desire in your romantic life, I invite you to check out the 8020 Wonder Club, where you can hear the rest of this interesting coaching conversation with Soraya and hear the tweaks you can make in your relationship to have the divine right results you deserve. The 8020 Wonder Club is an exclusive membership-only club of the Make and Wonder podcast, where you'll get over 150 full ad-free episodes categorized by age and relationship status, plus all new episodes the moment they're formatted and ready to be aired. Unfiltered coaching conversations like this one, with all my advice and principles to have you succeeding in your romantic life. But there's much more. The 8020 Wonder Club now includes my Making Magic with Men Mindset Manual, a weekly video series for you to focus on each and every week. It alone is valued at over $500 and is all yours as a member. Join monthly and cancel at any time or save by committing to a 6- or 12-month membership. And not only will you save by committing to more, you'll receive a full coaching intensive experience with me where we'll be speaking together in a conversation just like you heard. You choose the date anytime during your 12-month membership and I'll be answering all your questions on getting what you desire and deserve in your romantic life. Check it out at the 8020wonder.club and join us, as that is the only way you'll be able to hear the exact wording and approach I give Soraya so she can truly see if he can show up as her Mr. Right. Don't miss out on how to make your man wonder in the right way to have divine right results with your man or how to start dating in a way that guides a potential Mr. Right to do right by you. Go now to the 8020 Wonder Club. That's T-H-E-8020 wonder.club. You and your love will be glad you did.